0: welcome to Miss Fossy Boots, keeping it real for women in business. My name is Stacey Morgan, I'm the Principal of Port Macquarie Performing Arts and joining me is Jane Hilsden. Jane's the Managing Director of her fabulous own
1: business, Dragonfly Marketing. Thank you as always Stacey, I love your introductions. How's your day? It's wonderful, it's wonderful. The sun is shining, we are easing out of winter, I hope.
0: <laughs> Thank heavens, it's cold there for a bit. Yes. And today's one of these great days that it's not just you and I yabbering back and forth. I know. Even though that's
1: good fun, I do enjoy that, but I just love having guests. So do I. We learn so much. And today we are so fortunate to be joined by a lady called Sally Foley-Lewis. Sally positively impacts results, leadership and team performance. She's presented to, coached and worked with 10,000 plus managers and leaders from medium-sized to global organizations across the world. She brings a unique blend of experience, extensive qualifications and she's also lived throughout the the world. And so Sally's going to be talking about productivity. She's going Yahoo! to bring all of that wealth of experience to talk to you all about productivity. Stace. How much do we love the subject of productivity? I know, right? It, it does
0: dominate a lot of our conversations. Yes. So we're excited to have you join us. Hey, Sal.
2: Hi. Thanks for having me. I'll tell you, that intro, I don't know who she is, but she sounds brilliant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she does sound brilliant. And we, we just love having guests on the show. So thank you so much for joining us. My as, pleasure. as Jane said, you specialise in productivity, so I want to just say, okay, tell me absolutely everything you know. This is one of our favourite subjects. We, of course, are business owners and we're mothers and we're wives and we're wearing 45 different hats. Mm. Fitting everything into our days and feeling productive is, is always high on the list of priorities but doesn't always feel like it happens. Can you talk us what it, through what it actually means to be productive? What are we aiming for?
2: I think what we're aiming for is a a sense of achievement and through that, looking at the effectiveness of our effort. So a very boring, dry definition of productivity is the effectiveness of effort. And when we step back and look at our day, when we we reach for that first glass of Chardonnay (laughs) at the end of the day, are we shaking in stress and exhaustion and... And desperation, or are we saying, I absolutely nailed it today? And I think the, the, not that that's necessarily, you know, the the mark of the measure of how you reach for your wine at the end of the day, but it is about busy versus achievement. That's how I like to look at it because um, I tell you what, you talk to anyone anywhere on the street how I, oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm mm-hmm. so busy. Mm-hmm. I'm so busy. Yeah. And I think when we run our own businesses as well, the fear factor of if we say we're not busy... Then I'm failing, and therefore I'm terrible, and therefore, and down we go the rabbit hole. Mm. So we're we're in that trap. Damned if I say the honest truth, and damned if I do If you know, yes, if I do. So yes, yeah. yes.
1: And Sally, I I agree. Look, that's and I try. You know, the truth is, you kind of are busy, and and even if you are being productively busy you know I think everybody genuinely is quite busy and we all have our, you know various definitions and and realities and truths around you know what what seems busy um, but it is something that I'm really conscious of not saying when people ask how I am but it's really hard to come up with another answer I've got to say I've got to I think we've, we'll I think we'll all have to create some some more inventive answers around that won't yeah. we? Can I just suggest, because
2: I was in the same boat, I kept saying busy, and when I caught myself and really said, hang on a minute, are you busy, are you in fear of being seen as not busy, what is actually the truth of your day and your productivity? And I had to sit down and look at it and said, okay, I am busy busy. In some regards, to the wrong things, and I'm busy in regards to the right things. It was a real mixed bag of things. Yeah, mm. and I said that's actually not the answer I want to give. Mm. When someone says, "How are you?" I actually want to say, "I'm great, thanks. I'm yes. good." Yeah, and and I'm the type of person that likes to simplify. You know, simple beats complex any day of the week. And so when someone says to me, "How are you going?" I'm just going to say, "I'm oh, great, thanks."
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Because
0: yeah. it lifts us both up. Yep, those yeah. positive words of affirmation, so important.
1: Mm. Mm. And, and look, I think you're right. And, I, I, you know, I kind of sat there answering your questions as you were maybe rhetorically asking them there. But, you know, in terms of are you fearful about not appearing busy, do you know what? You know, my first reaction was no. But then I thought, actually, yes, I think... I think I am a little bit fearful that if I say, oh, I'm really, you know, I'm really good, I'm, I'm having a really, you know, enjoyable week and they, inver- and not necessarily that I'd say that, or if, if, even if they say, are you really busy? And if I turn around and said, no, you, you know what, I've, I'm completely under control, you know, you fear that they're going to go, ooh, you know, yeah. she mustn't, her business mustn't be going well. No. And then they'd develop mm. a whole other story. And, and which is probably not true at all. But yes, you know, when you think about it, that's, that, that's probably a little bit of the fear that I would have around that. Um, yeah, definitely. So um, you obviously specialise in teaching business leaders how to be more productive and how to encourage their teams to be more productive. What are some of the fundamentals that leaders need to practice in order to encourage a productive team? Yeah, I think when it comes to making
2: your whole team productive, there's, there's layers to that. And the more you know someone, uh, the more you get to know your own uh, t- uh, team members, the more you're going to understand what makes them tick. And therefore, you can tap into what their motivators are. You know, I know one of the biggest things that happens for a lot of leaders, particularly when they first step into the role of leadership or you're you, you're growing your business to the point where now you've got to employ someone, some sort of flick of a switch goes off in your head that says, OK, because I'm now in this higher level position, I have to have all the answers. And that's so not true. Mm. What I think leaders need to have in order to help have a more productive team is actually some really good questions. Mm. and. I see a lot of posts that come out on social media saying, oh, how do I engage my team? How do I motivate my team? How do I do team building? And I always will respond with, ask them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just ask them. Yeah. People will tell you and and listen. And I think when it comes to encouraging a team to be more productive, if they are really keen to do a good job, and 98 Point something percent of the world's population are not narcissistic psychopaths so you've got a fairly good chance <laughs> that most people want to do a good job yeah. Yeah. therefore when you ask them hey how's it going is there something that we that i don't know that i could help happen that would make the workflow faster easier yes Yep. yeah and and they'll tell you and most times it's the this sounds really terrible, but take the take the message from it. Most times the T boy has more answers than the CEO. Yes. And I mean what I mean by that is the person that's actually on the ground doing the work in
0: the trenches.
2: In yep. the trenches, yeah, definitely. Has has got much clearer insight. Into what's working and what's not, and that is a big link to the productivity of a team.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I'm adding that yeah. to my list, Sally, because this is my year of trying to become a better manager, mm-hmm. so and a better leader for my team. So, I will add that one to my list when it comes to leading people because lots of us are good practitioners, and then we suddenly find ourselves in these leadership roles. Mm. Um, I need to. One of the things I'm working on, obviously, is improving that and it's really easy to fall into the trap of micromanaging um, Mm -hmm. when you first have teams and you think that everyone should be doing it exactly the same way as you because you've Mm -hmm. always done it that way and you know what you're doing. Um, (laughs) What are the potential pitfalls for people that are micromanaging staff and what are some strategies that that we can do to kind of avoid this and, and better manage our people?
2: Yeah, thank you. I think that's a really common thing. And if you feel that, that sense of control it, it that's where that comes from. It's a control mm. thing. Yeah, definitely. And and what drives that control and and this is where we sort of we all know the iceberg analogy, you know, you've got all the behaviours mm. you see above the water. Then the then below the surface we actually have to look at what's driving that behaviour. And what's driving that behaviour, then yeah. what's driving that behaviour. And keep going down until we get to it. And I I firmly believe that trust is one of the fundamental pieces to this. If you're a micromanager, then I want to know how much you trust your team. Yeah. And And if not, why not? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like I do a lot of coaching. And when we get to this piece, it's 99.9% of the time. It's a trust thing. And if you don't trust your team, then you haven't spent time getting to know them. So go back and build the relationships. And then they look at me as if, well, how do I do that now? Go and have morning tea with them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, don't yep.
2: overthink this stuff. <laughs> yeah, you <know>? Just talk. <laughs> and that's the problem. Yeah. Because you get into a management position or a leadership position, I, can, I absolutely understand that you feel or there's this pressure or something comes into play that says, I need to be seen to be doing management stuff. Yeah. Mm, well, yeah. management stuff is actually you being the facilitator for your team to get their work done to the best standard they can.
0: Yeah, Mm. It reminds me of this great conversation I had with um, a friend of mine who shall remain nameless because I know she listens Um, and she said she hates performance reviews because I've been talking about ways that I've been trying to be a better manager and one of those things is Mm. more regular, consistent performance reviews and she said, I hate performance reviews, all that chit-chat beforehand. I said, oh, what the rapport building? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's like I know I know but that's exactly yeah. right that's you know it's in so those she... moments that it's getting to know your staff that you get to you know that even though it doesn't feel like work but you are improving yeah. those and skills you po- of yours and
2: you probably oh, totally getting... and you've got that that friend of yours who's listening uh who doesn't like the <laughs> chit chat the manager who knows her I'm going to say I'm going to assume it's for her the manager yep. who knows her really knows her and has invested time in working her out, knows they don't need to do the chit-chat. Yes. That's what's going to motivate and help her be more engaged is her manager
1: knowing, we don't need to chit-chat, let's just jump in, let's get done. Yes. yes yeah. over. Yeah. And and look, that that um, that actually brings up a really good point. I'm doing some emotional intelligence training at the moment and the module that we've just completed is where we deep dive into different personality types because part of being emotionally intelligent is obviously understanding, having an awareness of yourself, but also yeah. an awareness of others. So we look at the DISC model, um, mm-hmm. and I think we've spoken about this DISC model yeah. on the on the podcast before. Um, and you look at the the different types of personality that that sit within the kind of four quadrants D I S and C. And without going into too much detail. Um, mm. You know, someone who has that D personality, which is like the dominant, you know, um, straight talking, outcome, result oriented, they they are gen- generally the ones that don't want the chit chat. They're yep. there, you know, don't waste their time. They're there for a result. They're there for an outcome. Yep. Give me that and move on. Mm. Um, so understanding those personality types can be, I think, really effective in in building that trust that you talk of Sally because you know it's one thing to say trust but it's like but how do you build that trust in the in the first place because in my experience I have trusted a few staff and I've I've been been burned I've been (laughs) burned um and so that trust now is really hard to build again so it's you know I guess um, I guess educating myself more about um, what people need and, and what I need as a leader, you yeah. know, in order to be able to build that trust, I think is also really important.
2: Oh, so, I totally agree. And I think when when I have people ask me, you know, how do I how do I build that trust? And and there's no easy way. But I've, and this is a really flippant sounding answer, but it doesn't mean to be is be trustworthy. Yes. And and, and, and in a management sense or in a business leader sense is uh, do what you say you're going to do. Yes. Uh, Be consistent. Um, Make sure that you are communicating the why, not just the direction. Yep. Because uh, when you hold back on the why... um, it confuses people. And when I, I used to be the CEO of a youth organisation and I used to have to go into meetings with the Minister for Youth, into insurance meetings, into with the chairman of the board, like really fun stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being, and I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. Sounds yeah. thrilling. <laughs> really. so, so in my head, I would come back to my team and filter out the rubbish, uh, like majorly filter out stuff, uh, thinking that I was saving them from having to deal with things. But also, there was stuff I was not allowed to tell them because it was, for whatever reason, it was confidential. And one of my project officers said to me one day, Sally, you never tell us anything from these meetings. And I said, oh, okay, what do you... Okay, sure. He said, no, it's like you filter it. And I looked at him and I said, that's exactly what I do. And he said, well, why? And I said, okay, I haven't given you the why, which is a really good call-out. And I said to him... I don't tell you stuff that I'm not allowed to tell you. And maybe I should just say, look, there's stuff I can't tell you just yet. Yes. And then the next piece is I don't tell you stuff because I think, God help me if I have to say this all over again. Yes. It's worthless. It's dribble. It's unimportant. Yes. It's typical meetings that we don't like stuff. But if you want me to tell you,
1: (laughs) grab a cuppa. (laughs) So
2: we had a good laugh and I also said to my project officer, thank you for calling me out on this because I haven't given you the why. I haven't actually given you my rationale even though my intentions were good. I inadvertently made you uncomfortable and you feeling as though I'm withholding. I am but for the right reasons, not for wrong reasons.
1: Yes, that's right. I guess you'd assumed what they would want to know based on what you would want to know, which is something yeah. that I do all the time. And yeah. and that's a great segue into into my new, next question, which is which was what are some of the communication strategies involved in creating productive teams? Because I think, you know, certainly from my experience, the the communication piece in productivity, you know, particularly when you're trying to create a team productivity, um, is is so important. It, I would imagine it's one of the key ingredients.
2: Oh, I think it's, it communication is such a, I had one client say to me once because he was sent to me, um, so he was a prisoner in my room, and he <laughs> said to me, you know, this communication stuff, it's not rocket science. And so, um, and I'm a bit cheeky, so I turned around and said, you're right, it's not rocket science, but why do you think you're sitting here with me? Yeah. And so, um, and he just looked at me, and I said, "That's right, because it's not easy." Yes, you know, it's 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 considered something that we all do all day long, you know, every single day. Yes, so we get it so wrong so often, and mm. I think uh, first and foremost, listening. Yes, listening and observing, which is part of communication, is absolutely critical for understanding, and then being able to. Craft
1: up and deliver the right messages in the right way. Yes, yes, 100%. Because if you've got the content, because you've listened and you've, I guess, you've kind of collated your data so that you can then kind of make some informed decisions about how you proceed. Mm.
2: Interesting. Definitely.
0: So, when it comes to productivity for our teams or even just for us individually, what kind of tools, this is the fun bit, this is the bit I love. Mm-hmm. What kind of tools can you point us towards that are going to, or, or, or software essentially as well, that mm-hmm. are going to make us more productive, that you can recommend that you use, that teams can use, that leaders can use? What What's your go-to?
2: Okay, one of the things that I I'm a bit, I put in some little, like a a fine print. Here's the terms and conditions when it comes to software. If you spend more time jumping backwards and forth across different software because you get excited by it and you've got the the disease of distraction, um, then you're not actually being productive. Yeah,
0: bright, shiny objects.
2: That's right. (laughs) And I say to people, you know, know when to be the squirrel and know when to be the tree. So there's absolutely merit in going and checking out different types of software that might help you be more productive for the right reason but there's also a time where you have to plant yourself and get on with the work so yeah um you know simple stuff again like i said at the top of the show i'm a simple girl and simple will be complex any day so do you actually use the calendar in your phone or in your system and sync it to everything and then make sure it's coded so maybe you use color coding for your different calendars Mm. and make sure that you put in the right types of alerts and Mm. so it's at the like do you only need an alert at the time of the event or do you want a 15 minute
1: prep or do you need a travel alert
0: oh i love the one day uh, i love the one day before Uh, i need to get my brain around it for 24 hours.
1: I love the 10 minutes before and I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting there and a 10-minute alert has come up that I've got something on in 10 minutes and I nearly jump out of my seat because I've actually forgotten (laughs) and go, and thank goodness we live in a regional area where it will take me probably seven minutes to get get there. I'm like, oh, thank goodness I've saved by the alert.
2: Exactly. And so the the impact on the productivity then is, Using using what we already have effectively, we have got. Uh, and the classic example I give is: you look at your TV remote control. There are so many buttons on there that you never use. No. I use up, down, yeah, change, change on, right. on, off. But there's so much other functionality going on there. Yes. And so, same with a calendar. Stop and investigate how you use your calendar. And how you can get even more out of it yep. before you start wasting time looking at bunches of software and I don't mean to be disrespectful to app creators and developers I just want people to not overthink this sort of stuff um, the Pomodoro technique which you don't really need the app that you can grab it but the Pomodoro technique is about doing time chunking yeah it's a great way to get a piece of work done and get focused, and then have a break. Do another piece of work. Get focused, then have a break. And and there's a series. I think they do it five rounds, and then you have a longer break. Yep. So the Pomodoro technique, which is that's it's lo- game changing. Stato, yeah. Yeah, definitely game changing. Um, and having it as the app, I think, was the disruptor, even though the idea's been around a lot longer. Yeah. Um, there's a little app called Memo Mailer, and um, what you do is you push the button, you speak into the microphone what your instruction is, and it will email it to, back to you or email it to your assistant or to your staff or however you set that up. So that's memo mailer. Memo mailer. That's pretty handy. Cool. Um, you know, just uh, I haven't done a lot of this, but I there's, there's um, you know how you can send text messages by typing in the text? Yep. Well, there's actually voice text as
0: well oh i know yeah. i have a so friend that, who will only voice text me Yes, <laughs> she's so like oh typing is so passe <laughs> <laughs> typing is so old school <laughs>
2: that's
1: well, all my kids do I like
0: it.
2: do they yep
0: just voices Forever? yep
2: yeah i see i like that because of, of uh, multiple of layers of things it is absolutely faster to speak than mm-hmm. to type number one yep you you minimize the misunderstanding and miscommunication risk yep you get the opportunity to as you're speaking and and you might notice this about yourself but as you're speaking and recording your message you actually might think of a question or a bit of extra data mm-hmm. that would be of value and so there's it to me there's something that just happens when you're speaking versus typing that you've got a uh, faster way to deliver better quality communication. Mm. So, and to me, the knock-on effect is that if my team get a message from me as a voice message, they get the tone. Yep. Okay. They get the the sense of urgency or the importance from it. Um, they get to hear my voice, which is more personable, and um, and then they get on with it. Yeah. It's quick. It's done. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Except yeah. I, I, Sally, I do tend to be very verbose and I feel that sometimes texting actually stops me being so verbose. I'm one of those people that if you've only given me 10 seconds to leave a message, I get, you know, my greeting out in that 10 seconds and then, you know, have to bring back about 10 times to get the rest out. But anyway. <laughs> in, those,
2: in that 10-second one, though, this is what I think people need to do. If that's all that Telstra thing does or the 10-second thing, I just say my name please call me back
1: and give the number. A number, yes, yes. Yeah. You can't get anything else in, which kills no. me because, you know, I like to add some flavour. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, so another yeah. Other
2: tools and software. You know, there's Yammer and there's Slack and there's a whole range oh, of different yes. things yep. that you can use that work across teams. Yes. Um, and Google Drive is there as well. I mean, we don't have to overthink this, but it's about making sure if a team wants to use a particular platform, then, then just be aware that, it, that we all, uh, we, have, we either have laggards or early adopters when yes. it comes to learning something. Yes. And we have to all be in the team and moving along yes. and using it. If, even if one person is not using it, that can cause a major productivity disruption.
1: Yes. that And that's a really good point because you might have every motivation in the world to get on board with these technologies, but does everybody else? And, and is everybody else, you know, confident with them? I think that's a really good point. Mm. Um, So, look, bearing in mind that the ma- majority of our listeners are predominantly busy working mums with a million competing priorities, they're generally fairly fatigued and they definitely have a, a pretty big desire to be more productive. What would be the three biggest tips to to achieve this to help them achieve this productivity?
2: I think one of the first and foremost ones is the biggest one that feels so counterintuitive is self care. Mm,
1: okay. And I know, know <laughs> yes,
2: yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Your response says it all. Yes. yes, and it's so hard, and but it is so counterintuitive that. Um, if I if I stop and look after me, then I'm useless and hopeless because I'm being selfish and it's all about me and yep. what about everyone else? And love and nurture and, and yep. yeah, exactly. You and, and that's why I actually bought a um, oxygen mask, the type that falls out of an airplane overhead cabin thingy. You know the ones yep. that you say. So I actually bought one. And that hangs by my desk, and I take it with me whenever I talk about productivity and, and we ask the question about self-care, uh, because it's my reminder. Yeah. I have to put on my oxygen mask
0: first. Before helping others. Before I can help ah, others. Yes. What's the point ah, if I'm flat on the floor
2: and I can't help others? Yes. So that's my trigger for me. And usually when I'm talking to a room full of uh, women and so there's a, a percentage of that room of mothers and I also say, you know, you put your oxygen mask on first because that way you can then, then then decide which kid you like the most. Um, <laughs> 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 it's, I love it. It, It's so counterintuitive that we don't, but yes. if we don't look after ourselves, then we, we, we could lose our marriages, we mm-hmm. lose ourselves, we lose our health. We lose our happiness yeah. and all the reasons that we start getting into our own business actually get eroded away. Yes. So um, my calendar, so back to the software piece, my calendar has a little pink category and pink it was just default um, mm. of SFL for my initials and there is something pink in my calendar, the SFL. Every single day. No every way. Day of the week, every single every day.
0: Every day. Go you. it's
2: and, and impressive. And I will admit it might be a five-minute thing someday. Yep. But other days it's an, it's an hour. Yep. Right. But seven days a week and that's not negotiable.
1: Yep. And so what else can people do? The other
2: thing around that, and it ties into this, is learning to say no.
1: Yes. And...
2: And really understanding that no is actually a gift. And what yep. I mean by that is when I say no to you, it's me saying um, I, I'm not the best person for this for you right now. Yes. So w- we could choose different language because, you know, learning to say no sounds a bit rough and it sounds a bit hard and and maybe we do want to help because it's, it's nice to be needed. But the gift is in saying Look, I, I really appreciate that you've come to me to ask. I don't think I'm the right person, but I can help you find the right person.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. So it's
2: a gentle no. Yes. Or it could be, I really, really am honoured you've asked, but I can't help you right now.
1: Yes, if yes. If
2: this is urgent, let me help you find someone else. If you're happy to wait, then come back to me in X amount
1: of time. Yes, and and that's easier said than done. You know, that's something that I've really had to work on is, yeah. is saying no, and it's one of those things that... It is uncomfortable to, to get your head around it and do it the first couple of times. But once you've done it a couple of times and realize that the world doesn't end and you're not the most hated person on the universe for doing it. And the world keeps turning. The, you, the world <laughs> keeps turning. You go, yeah. oh, actually, that wasn't too bad. I can probably do that again.
0: When you said that, Sally, about um, I all come back to me at another time, my first, my, straight to my brain went, all come back to me when all my children are at university. Yeah. <laughs> Is <laughs> that the next time where I feel I could be helpful to anybody? <laughs>
2: yeah, and it's uh, look. Uh, yes, it's it's about practice. Yeah, and and so choose the softer language, that have the same intent.
0: Yes, yep. yes. Put and your I big girl panties on and, and make it happen. It.
2: Yeah, exactly. And things that you know when it gets to Sunday night, set yourself up for a better week. So. um my Sunday night things are, am I travelling in this week? And if so, have I told the hotel to remove the minibar? Because when I get decision fatigue, when I'm tired, I will hoover an $8 chocolate bar that I really didn't want mm-hmm. and don't really want to pay $8 mm-hmm. for. Yes. So planning ahead. Get rid of my minibar when I'm travelling, and I travel a lot. What are the meals? I'm married to a shift worker and I travel. So when are we actually going to have date night this week? Yes. And what is that going to look like? And what's the healthy choices around that? And so that's the week out. And And someone had said to me once, um, you know, date night, you've actually scheduled date night. And I, and I looked at them and I said, let me put it to you this way. Do you want it or do you not want it?
1: Yeah, yeah. And they just
2: looked at me and I had one of those cynical little eyebrow smirky faces on and they went, oh. And I said, most blokes want it. Yes. Even if it has to be scheduled. So we'll yes. just schedule it, all right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yep. and, and that's it because otherwise it's, you know, it's three months, six months a year between drinks. Yep. Exactly. Before you know it.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I know that sounds like a de-romancing um, your life, but actually, it, again, it's a counterintuitive thing. Yes. You get excited. You get looking forward to it. And, and, and it's not just about date night, but you actually get excited about the meal you're about to you get excited about the time you've actually scheduled for yourself to do X, Y, Z. You get excited about the meetings that you are going to do uh, set up in the next 45 minutes. You get excited because it's there. And the other thing that falls out of all of that is way, way back in the beginning of our call, in the beginning of the show, I talked about achievement versus busy. Yeah. When you go through a more scheduled day and you use your calendar well, your sense of achievement skyrockets. Yes. 100
1: percent. And that's the yes. kind of choice to keep you doing A Hundred percent. Couldn't agree with yeah. you more. And and that yeah. that to me, like even when you're thinking when you're saying about the date night, I was like, I would get something even more out of that, which is ticking that off the, da- the, the to do list. <laughs> Done. Achieved. Bonus points, Jane. Yes, yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it, Sally. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been so great to talk to you. We love productivity and. And we could talk to you about it all day. <laughs> if people want to find out more about you, where can they find you?
2: Look, if people just Google my name, Sally, Sally Lewis, S-A-L-L-Y-F-O-L-E-Y-L-E-W-I-S. Uh, no one else has that kind of weird name. So ah! you'll find me on the first page of Google when you do that. Yes. And everything's there from the website. You can see that uh, I do coaching and workshops and speaking. Um, and, just give me a call. I'll, I'll always be up for a
1: chat if, if you want to talk productivity. Bingo. Oh, fabulous. Thank, Thank you so much. You. My pleasure.
2: Thank you. It's been fun.
0: And that's all for Miss Bossy Boots today. Don't forget to get on our Instagram. At Miss Bossy Boots
1: Podcast.
0: And or our Facebook. our Facebook page as well. We're still there. Don't forget. Yay.
1: <laughs> and that's at Miss Bossy Boots Podcast as well. Very good. We'll join you next time. I'm going to go and be productive. So am I, Stace. I'm super geared. (laughs) Thanks, Sally. Thank you. Bye.